Rodgers in the shotgun, takes the snap, rushes on, lofts it over the right side. Devontae, over the shoulder, catch, got out of bounds, cross the 50. First down, Green Bay, the 46-yard line of Seattle. That was huge, a beautiful throw. Over the shoulder, catch, Devontae Adams. The Packers have earned a shot at the San Francisco 49ers next Sunday night in the NFC Championship game. We go Green Bay. Gonna go Green Bay. Pops it over the left side. Devontae wide open. Outside the number 20. Cuts it back right past forward. 10 to the 5. To the end zone. High stepping. Touchdown. Devontae Adams. 40 yards. Russell Wilson rushes on. Wilson is ahead of the sack. It is Preston Smith with a huge play. Sacked him back at the 36-yard line. Oh, that was mega play. Well, that all fucking feels great. The Packers beat the Seahawks in the 2019 divisional round. Uh, to advance to a conference championship rematch with the San Francisco 49ers. Guys, we beat the Seahawks, and no one can take that away from us. We stuck fucking Russell Wilson's potato-sized thumbs right up his own ass. <laughs> he has potato-sized thumbs? He's got big thumbs. Really? He's got big, thick fingers. Yeah, he's got big hands. Is that like a, So that's like a weird compliment. It's, it's a compli-fuck you, okay. like, which is a word <laughs> yeah, I just right. made up. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is the Packer Force Podcast. I'm your host, the Professor Elliot Sill, joined by my brothers, Black Mountain and the Legend. Black Mountain uh, yes. commenting on Russell Wilson's abnormally large thumbs is not where I thought we would start with this podcast. I thought we would start this podcast with the magic. We're celebrating. We are. Magic <laughs> of the game, and it was a magical game. Merely in the sense that we won it, uh, it it <laughs> it it came down. It it kind of came down the same way all of the Packers wins have came down this season, which is like after building a big lead, hold on for dear life. Um, followed the narrative. It followed this team to a T. Hmm. Yeah, it tracks. Yep, definitely tracks. Uh, we won the game, however, and that'll be our first segment of the day. Uh, we won the game. See, here at the Packer Force, uh, we believe in the cosmic connection between fan and football team, like, you know, analytics, basically. <laughs> right? Analytics. <laughs> um, so, fanalytics. There you go. We believe that the soul of the team lies within all of us that cheer. That's right. And yeah. if we aren't all doing the thing we need to do to win the game, yep. then Aaron Rodgers, you know, doesn't trust his receivers and throws the ball away and shit. Yeah. We are a big fan of the analytics of jersey selection. <laughs> um, Chicken preparation. <laughs> That's right. What does it. Yep. 
I see. I thought you were like I had fresh in my mind Marshawn Lynch's press conference where he's talking about his chicken, taking oh, care yeah. of his chicken. Take care of your chicken. Take care of your chicken. I am fucking. I love that guy. He's fucking awesome, dude. Wait, was that not what he was talking about? I thought he was telling players that if they had prepared better <laughs> sacrifices <laughs> the game, they might have won. They buffaloed those wings a little bit better. Right. This is a W. You got one dry hand, one wet hand. <laughs> batter, egg, batter. That's it. It's that easy. Take care of your chicken. Yeah, dude, Marshawn Lynch is fucking awesome. When Darnell Savage went after him and Marshawn Lynch, I was like, no, do not fucking do that. And like, you were like, Darnell, you do not want that smoke. <laughs> yeah, if there's like one guy on our team who probably shouldn't be picking on one guy on their team, I would say like, right, right. you know. Like, Jair is feisty. Like, Zadarius. There are some guys who can get in Marshawn's face and, like, say some shit. Darnell yeah. Savage is not that dude on our defense. That's something I actually do want to get back to because, yeah, well, that's going to be the difference in the 49ers game. But we're so not there. My, my most important question for you guys is how did you win the game? And, uh, Legend, I'll start with you. How did you win the game this Sunday? Well, for starters, uh, Saturday my jersey got in. Yeah, so beautiful. I did, what jersey? I made all the right moves. My Zadarius Smith jersey. Mm, nice. Which, you know, Legend isn't one of those douchebags who has to wait till the guy gets like thirteen and a half sacks to, you know, feel valid about. No, Le- it, Legend, you have been pining for a Z jersey since like week two. And yeah, I say that I just got my Z jersey, and I I made it known that Z was my next jersey, like almost immediately and i we bought it for you in a size that was too big and then you know how you get when you have to return a package and like it's a fucking headache so you just don't do it for two months yeah yeah you guys fucked up yep 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 but it was it was like i hate you but i would have done the same shit yeah right (laughs) (laughs) um so we got it we got it we got it all figured out and now um, I think I still owe you money because I never gave you the return fee. But other than that, we can talk about that later. But other than that, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, we were good. I got the jersey in the nick of time. I watched the fucking mailman as he circled the entire block like motherfucker. If you don't have this, I swear to God. <laughs> I wrote a letter to the company threatening to sue on behalf of every Packer fan if we lost. <laughs> I was gonna fucking start a class action suit. But I got my jersey in, in the last possible moment that I could have. The last delivery that the postman made, he brought me the power that I needed. Yeah, That was clutch as shit. Is that type of standing and that type of fucking work ethic that wins championships? There was that, and then throughout the entire day on Sunday... Mm-hmm. I had a song that played in my head the entire day that played as a mantra that really kept me centered. I, I couldn't get it out of my head. I didn't want to get it out of my head. I knew it was exactly the song that I needed. And it's a soft little ditty of a song. It's ridiculous. Like, it's not like an energy song. There's no metal. There's no cursing. There's no rah to it. But it can you nice can you daintily song. sing the song for us? No. <laughs> I can't. I might talk about it later. But... It was a song that kept me centered, and like every couple plays, I'd just hum it in my mind during the game. 
night humming in my mind all day before the game. And it it brought me to a really peaceful place throughout, and I just enjoyed the entire day, and I enjoyed the game, and I was focused and in the moment and bringing everything I had to me with just saying, fuck it, we're going to win this football game. Let's just win this football game. This will be fun. Fuck you. Yeah. It carried me through. Mantras, songs, energy, focus, vibes, spirituality, celestial. Mm-hmm. No. I mean, yeah. None of that. But. Yeah. Piggybacking on that spiritual and celestial side, uh, I brought over my uh, Dragon Ball Z hat that I got <laughs> at Walmart uh, a couple weeks back. Uh, for the power up, it was my. I didn't. I didn't wear it because I wanted to wear Packer gear, but it was. It was there, and it was always charging. And uh, I, Elliot, one of the most important things that we did was uh, we've been playing a lot of catch lately, out in the streets, right? And uh, that was our best. That was our best game yet. I think we've both been getting better. You've kind of helped me with a couple things uh, with my throw. I got a little bit of a tighter release now. It's good. Uh, I've been working Your mechanics on mechanics improving. Yeah, I've been working on uh, on my hands too. I mean, never stop learning. You never know when you're going to be called to the big show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or when you know, like you always got one more catch in you. You always got one more throw. You just keep living to to make one more catch and one more throw. Well, if you're if you're listening and you're like, why the fuck am I listening to brothers talk about playing catch? It listen. <laughs> None. First of all, this is going to help you as much as any other fucking podcast out there. So shut up and stop whining. (laughs) Second of all, (laughs) second of all, like this is why why the Packers actually matter. Like this is why it's actually important that the Packers are doing well because catch is a child's game that I learned when I was two and got better at slowly and like the people that i played catch with in addition to my dad were my brothers and we didn't you know we played baseball catch but our game was football Mm -hmm. right and growing up there was always this narrative i had for myself at least of like you know that first time when it's like july and you get antsy and you you're like in the mood for football for the first time in five months and you Mm -hmm. go out and you play a game of catch and you suck because you haven't played catch in five months, right? And you're dropping everything, and, and your, your arm gets tired after five throws. And your balls look like turkeys trying to fly. Well, my balls always look like turkeys trying to fly. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, <clears throat> no, but like it's important that we get it's important that we get to the point in the year where you're in that mid-season form and you're working on that. all i can think about is your big floppy balls do you guys remember Flying. when we were young and we would go to parks and shit and we had that green and yellow ball that was made out of like the lazy thumb. boy leather yeah yeah the yellow dude the yellow ball shit, but it was like still a quality football it wasn't like a nerf ball or anything dude that was oh, the best yeah, football yeah. it was a fucking mile do you remember where we got that ball where did we get that ball we got that ball at Lambo in fucking yeah, green yeah, bay I thought we got it in Lambo. yeah 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 i think See, we got it in the the I feel well. I remember going like by the Hall of Fame that day. I can't remember if we got it there, but we definitely got that ball 
in Green Bay, I think, in fucking Lambeau. See, I, I, what I remember is the two footballs I remember is, A, the iconic Mike Vick five-paneled football, which, like, uh-huh. what a fucking football that was. That, like, was, a, that was a tight ball. That was a type ball. It was a phenomenal ball. And then that was when you were a little older and we could throw rocks at you a little more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also like not that old and not that big yet because I still needed the extra fifth panel so that the the football size decreased and I could I could get my thumb around one full panel of the football and hold the laces. Full length, but it was a little skinnier than. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, And then uh, the other one that I remember is the really weird. Uh, kind of rubbery Brett Favre football with the one white panel of the four, and I remember that was the ball we used. Oh, we played. Man. We played. Yeah. I don't know if it was a game of catch or a game of two hand touch outside of Lambeau Field at night. Do yeah, you guys? That might be the one I'm talking about. Actually, no, I don't no, think no, it no. is. It's this yellow ball. Three regular panels and one white panel. Yep, it was three, but they were like kind of, kind of rubbery, kind of pinkish. Uh, football leather but still like a little pinker it was like and then the brett Favre panel with like his face on it or some shit and like a little fake autograph mm-hmm. um i could probably draw brett Favre's autograph from memory yeah <laughs> just saying like that's yep. but i i remember that game of of catch out of outside of lambo field and catch is like it it brings all that shit back it's like smell like you play it and you remember all the shit i even remember to 2016 yeah, when we had that really good game of catch in the snow in Green Bay in this in the yeah. random neighborhood at the Airbnb we were staying at in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, and I'll I'll I comment. That, but that was recent. But like playing catch in the parking lot at Lambeau Field alone, like the streets were completely deserted because this is not a city. Mm-hmm. Nobody's around fucking anybody. Yeah, they're, they're completely asleep. deserted. And you guys are, like, under 18. I might have been just 18. Yeah. And we're alone, like, it's, like, 11 o'clock midnight. And we're fucking playing. How did that even happen? We had a hotel that was, like, two blocks away. And we walked over and we were like, fuck it, we're playing catch in the parking lot. Well, yeah, I mean, the best Western. Everybody knows the best Western. Right. Um, in Green Bay. I don't know if that if that's still... A best western camp, if they we were staying at that best western. We had that football. We walked over and we played fucking catch way past fucking curfew for your kids' ages. Just like nestling up to Lambeau Field and just feeling the energy from it. Um, Sucking in the warmth. And yeah, I mean Peter, you had some you had some good throws on Sunday. Like your arm is like fully there and my, my you know, I've I'm getting good command too. I, I said I feel like yeah. Aaron Rodgers, and uh, I, I this can segue into my segment. Like I wore my Aaron Rodgers jersey. I've been talking about my jersey odyssey. I've been uh, wearing different random jerseys, and it's time for Aaron yeah. Rodgers. It's and, time to stick with it, yeah. And I, I, I know you went to the Aaron jersey. Yeah, I just fucking went for it. You I know? was thinking like what I had Jordy Nelson, Charles Woodson, and Aaron Rodgers that I hadn't used up in this little run we're on of five in a row. Um, and I was like, well, I could wear Jordy or I could wear Chuck, Chuck Wood, but I also have an Aaron Rodgers jersey, and I know what we need today. We need Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Absolutely. 
was the right call. <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers talked about the feeling of getting locked in and dialed in, and he said it was a couple out, you know, like you start to feel it in warm-ups, feel a couple hours before you start feeling good and you really start to get locked in. Couple hours before we were getting locked in with our that's right. catch. Aaron, I mean, it's, that's but that's the thing is Aaron Rodgers is also talking about playing catch and like feeling locked yeah. in from playing catch. <laughs> like when Aaron Rodgers is acknowledging this feeling of just like being ready. Right. Like, dude, the older you know, are we going to talk about analytics later? Because yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about that later. Yeah, we're fucking get those guys. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I just think like. <clears throat> Fucking analytics, like, I started out reading stats and scores on on football cards, me and you both, and that's one thing that really got us into the game. But as I get older, it's just the depth of feeling to the game and just watching the game progress, the story and the kind of the intangibles that become more and more important, the human aspect, the spiritual aspect of watching a game unfold is the thing that you, you – you just can't define that you can't put into numbers yeah um speaking of things you can't define we spent a lot of time on this podcast last week talking about how painful uh the 2014 nfc championship game is and for the record all playoff games are referred to by the year of the regular season after which they occurred Mm -hmm. so when i say 2019 nfc championship game i know the fucking year is 2020 but we will always remember this as the nfc championship game off the 2019 season so yeah sure. that's always it's <clears throat> good to clarify thank you you do so, that in basketball you do the the, the double the hyphen because yeah. the because the regular season is both right? right anyway um the 2014 nfc championship game we talked a lot about it Andrew was pretty dismissive, said, you know, the past doesn't matter. I want to just circle back to that real briefly. We don't have to dissect the game again, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, How are you feeling about the narrative now, the arc of of our our rivalry with the Seahawks, you know, going through that, that tumult of the 2014 NFC Championship game into this game winning this game winning at home knocking them out mm-hmm. in in the whole arc of the of the <clears throat> rivalry we got them this time the the narrative continues to be whoever is at home wins the game which i think is an awesome part of a rivalry cuz that means it's pretty even you know back and forth and also like you're still trying to get that elusive away win yeah, you know, um, how does this game do? As do you, far as do you feel like 2014 is avenged? No. I, what what I will say. I don't feel like 2014 is avenged. I didn't think it needed avenging because I think it was dead. I feel like this was this thing and this was a great thing. Never mm-hmm. at one point in this game did I feel like, oh, we're fighting that team again. Oh, this is back to that. Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! Yeah, you did. <laughs> no, I didn't. You, you at halftime told us about how you at halftime all of a sudden switched your tune from the past doesn't matter to, uh, fuck, the past matters. No, Can't I switched that out. narrative in that, like, 
remember that game because in that situation we were fucking destroying them and they came all the way back mm-hmm. and it's important in that sense that we're destroying them don't let them come come all the way back again so you and do believe that there that. is a parallel Fuck do you that. you feel I like mean, there's like, a thread there's a there thread tying together in that in that like we yeah. had these guys in a corner before Mm-hmm. Learn from the past, for sure. Learn yeah, from the absolutely. Past. Always learn from the past. Okay, so that's that's about as far as I feel the connection between the games, right there. Because what happened? Why I appreciate this game so much is that we didn't fucking let it happen. Because you know how bad it hurts to lose that. And by the way, I don't think that I can actually be hurt again. I don't think I will <laughs> ever like actually feel. <clears throat> that deep of a sting. It'll always hurt and it'll always feel like something, but I don't think I can go back there. And why I was so happy this time is because we didn't let it happen. And that takes work. That takes fucking heroism because that team got on a roll. This Seahawks team got on a roll once again and scored on three straight possessions. Right? And, like, they, they were fucking... Pete Carroll said, and we all felt it, there wasn't a guy on that sideline that didn't think that they were going to win the game. You started to get that feeling, and then Jair came off the corner and blew the fuck out of Russell Wilson. On that two-point conversion two attempt. Conversion so I want to I make, make the comparison I made earlier. I felt like that had vibes of, like, J.J. Watt's sack from the Bills-Texans game from the wild card round, where, like, if Jair doesn't make the sack and we just force an incompletion, we get the same result. Mm-hmm. But the fucking impact it had on, like, mood yeah, was so... Momentum. Like, if you saw... Pe- Getting momentum, but you just... Nope. Yeah. We watched... Nope. We watched... We rewatched the end of the game today, and just watching Pete Carroll, after they scored that touchdown on the sidelines, flailing his arms, rallying the team, yeah, 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 yeah let's yeah. go, let's go. And then his face, after Jair smacked Russell Wilson without mm-hmm. ever getting looked at, mm-hmm. it was just shocked and kind of like, oh, shit. Like, it was almost like he was thinking, like, something is different. Yep, yep. And it for me that was that was a heavyweight bout that we won the first four rounds and then the last three rounds they started kicking our ass again and they were going for the the shot right before the bell we ducked it and got up and hit him in the fucking mouth and said all right come back next round we'll we'll fucking be here let's go and then we did if you look at that well, second I'm half assuming a heavyweight bout is what what. How many rounds? Yeah, and you said the first four rounds, and then you said the last three rounds. Yeah. Yeah, everyone knows. Heavyweight bouts are seven rounds. (laughs) I'm saying that there was that number of whatever. Like, they had three drives. We had four scores. If you want to, like, okay, listen, we can can prorate it and say, like, we won the first six Six, rounds, and then they won the next four. Five or four. Um... And then we won the last two. two. So yeah. the, but the the second half, if you look at what saved that from being a blown lead and a loss, which by the way, this Packers team has never done this year. We've never blown a lead this year. That's not something we do. So yeah. just chew on that for a second. Um, 
if the things that prevented that from being a blown lead were two sets of two plays, essentially. You had, first, it was Aaron Rodgers, dime to Jimmy Graham, dime to Devontae Adams. He busts it for a touchdown to push the lead back to 18, give us a little bit of a breather, say like, okay, they're coming for us, but we are still punching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then the offense sputters, the offense sputters, they score touchdowns, Jagger smacks Russell Wilson in the face, we get the ball back. Um, we drive halfway down the field and have to punt. We take a we take a very important four minutes off yeah, the clock. We we basically gave it to him with with crunch time. Now there, like mm-hmm. this drive, maybe one more. So they get the ball back. Preston Smith gets the sack. Then we get the ball back, and we have the option to end the game or get stuffed and have to give Russell Wilson a shot with about two minutes left. Mm-hmm. And you have pass to Devonte, utter dime, and then a a, a pass to Jimmy Graham that was not a dime. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers looked like he was pulling that out of himself. He mm-hmm. you know hesitating on the throw, like you see him double clutch, almost as if he's like, "This isn't a throw that I've made." Right, right. You know, and then he's like, "But I have to," and that's. I I felt all of that in his in in mm-hmm. the body language of a single hitch in his arm in his throwing right, motion. Right. Uh and Jimmy Graham catches it and fucking stumbles correctly into he, you know, and he got that first down. He got mm-hmm. that first down. Yep. Um yeah, that was a big man making a fucking play, making a strong push, making a strong play. And all of this, all of this heroism, <clears throat> and the narrative that we're going to see from it is: Well, they barely squeaked by a team that was down eight <laughs> starters and only beat the Philadelphia Eagles by eight points. Like, Jesus Christ! Um, Who do we got to beat to get some fucking respect around here? <laughs> we're one of four teams left. We're fucking. We've only lost like a couple of times. <laughs> Now, this is my problem, is that, like, special doesn't matter to the analytics crowd. Yeah. That's literally their whole shtick. And it's so... And... Okay. I I, want to be neutral about this, and I want to be fair. Because um, analytics is just information. It's just ways of understanding the game... These stats, these stats are created not by the game itself. They're created by people who want to say, I want to capture a certain effect. Let me come up with a formula that captures that effect. But it's infuriating to me when the analytics heads look at the numbers and they, they're too fucking stupid to know that numbers don't capture the whole story. And so they say things like Aaron Rodgers is a middle-of-the-pack quarterback. And that infuriates me. Yeah, that makes me want to break a piano. He he was never a middle-of-the-pack quarterback. He was always an outstanding quarterback who was zigzagging all over the fucking place. 
Aaron Rodgers, when when he played well, was fucking still Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers also had spurts where he played bad, and he was not Aaron Rodgers. He wasn't like he was. It wasn't like a having Jimmy Garoppolo, where he's like, you know, he can he makes the throws, but sometimes he makes the wrong sit, like or doesn't see a guy or things like that. Like it's not that. It's just like Aaron Rodgers is operating on in his own way, and Aaron Rodgers has his own story that he needs to turn around and like get together. And when you see him do that. He's capable of doing that. When when it happens, he's when he's on, he's the best. Yeah. And when he's not on, he falls somewhere in there in between, but he's always still got that ability to make throws that no one else can make. And average quarterbacks can't make throws that no one else can make. Mike Zimmer would take Aaron Rodgers for one season over Kirk Cousins any single fucking year. It doesn't matter if Kirk Cousins is in his prime and Aaron Rodgers is 49. <laughs> like he's still going to take Aaron Rodgers. Like you you just don't bet against Aaron Rodgers if you know what the fuck you're talking about or if you know what the fuck you're seeing. And the other things that that really take me out you call you we've been called a fraudulent that's the word fraudulent 13 and 3 football team. And I'm not going to be as simple as to say there is no such thing. But you just have to understand if you're a 13 and 3 team and your quarterback is Aaron Rodgers, you have all the things that you need. You have high positioning and a fucking chance. Look, here's my thing is, why does anybody care? Like, analytics is just another team that we're beating along the way. (laughs) It's fucking great. Like, analytics says we should be losing. Guess what? We're beating you too, analytics. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter. Like, it's not something to be mad at. It's something to laugh at and move on about. Yeah. Okay, statistics say we should not win this game. Guess what? We just fucking did. Fuck you. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's I, awesome. It's I great. agree with that, but you, you definitely do see a battle playing out uh, over over football, Twitter. Well, uh, it's just I, I literally I have Vikings fans telling me, or not, I have non-Vikings fans. Okay, that's what's even worse about it. I have non-Vikings fans telling me the Vikings are better than the Packers. And, like, we beat them twice, and that's the rule. You, if you get beat <laughs> twice, you can't talk shit. And if the team gets beat twice, you can't say they're better. New England has not been swept by a division rival since Tom Brady took over because they're not worse than any of the other teams in their division. It doesn't matter at all. We, but, no, 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 fine. Andrew, it does matter. It does matter. It does matter. team that ever existed. It does we matter the worst because and three team that ever existed. I know, I know that, I know that, but I know you that. Know what? I know your point. I'm That's just saying. Still better than being twelve and four. They still, even though it doesn't matter, Andrew. It fucking does because my name <laughs> is my name, and if you're gonna tell me that my fucking team isn't good when I know in my heart that they fucking are. Yeah. 
And when you're going to tell me the Vikings are better, when I put blood, sweat, and tears into beating the Vikings (laughs) to show that I was better than them, and I'm not getting the credit for that because apparently wins, as you said, are not a team statistic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's true. We have reached the point where analytics mean more than wins. I also, I also heard. Here's another thing I heard from the analytics crowd. Pressures, pressure percentage is a QB stat. So, Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith <laughs> not factored in at all. It's just Russell Wilson taking as long as he wants until he gets pressured. That's weird because we had those stats long before we saw Russell Wilson. My problem is the the analytics people saturating the football discourse and changing the conversation from common sense to advanced sense when things betray the eye. And I know we're better, Andrew. I just want people to fucking know it. <laughs> And I get I get mad that people don't realize how stupid you sound when you say, "Oh, it sounds like you're using two head-to-head results, not a lot of data there." And my man, I'm gonna fuck. Like I, I told him. I told him that it sounded. by far the most asinine argument I've ever seen somebody attempt to make. But that guy's a Kansas... He says he's a Kansas City fan, and I'm like, bro, you're not a fan. You don't care who wins games. You can't be a fan if you don't care who wins games. <laughs> I told him it sounds so stupid it actually makes me afraid of him. That someone someone who is so willing and so deft with manipulating logic could easily justify killing another person. Oh yeah, that's, that's eugenicist speak. Like, you're reducing humans to uh, whatever fucking statistics you can find, whatever DNA you think is more important than the human aspect of being a human. Yeah. You're more worried about, you're more interested in the data of, you know, creating something super hyperlogical. And I told, I told him I was afraid of him. But I actually, I want to fucking kill him. So... <laughs> So maybe maybe I sh- he should be afraid of me because he's making me fucking unstable. <laughs> when I looked, but a, a point a point about the Packers that I want to make. We have not we have not bullshitted any win. We have not squeaked out any victory, pulled it out of our ass, whatever you want to say, like. Every game that we've won, we have had stretches where we soundly rebuffed the other team for, like, a good portion of the game and, like, showcased an ability over them. I went through – I'm not going to read this whole list off to you, but I I went through and, like, every game that we've played, there was a stretch where we outscored the other team – over a long period of the game, usually by 10 or 14 points. In other words, like none of these were back and forth battles and we just happened to come out on top. And we had like pretty much one comeback 
Detroit. Detroit at the end. Like, the other Detroit game was like a kind of a comeback, but we were kind of there the whole time. You can count it if you want, but like, we've, like, we've been winning the whole year. I feel like we've been holding on to leads, but like, efficiently and effectively and confidently. And so, when people say like how like how did they get here it's like we have a pretty fucking obvious formula it's start fast get a lead salt the game away that's how we beat get into the next game healthy that yeah exactly <laughs> that's how we beat seattle that's how we beat minnesota in week 2 that's how we beat um new york that's how we beat washington that's how we beat fucking denver denver that's how we beat fucking Kansas City. Chicago That's how we beat times. Chicago. This, especially the second time, the first time as well. Like that's just how we do. Okay, and it's we not beat every team by beating them on game day. Exactly, and none of the teams that we beat, I felt like, oh, they were better than us. How did we do that? It's like we were better than them. We just also played like shit for a quarter and a half for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, we played in bleeding out mode or whatever. <laughs> um, anyway, let's move. Let's you guys, San Francisco. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, unless we want to talk about actually killing that guy, I think, <laughs> I think we've done it as much as we you know legally can. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. San Francisco. San Francisco is fucking terrifying. Oh yeah, dude. They're they're a bully. They're absolutely a bully, and that's how I'm looking at this game. My narrative for this game is that it's a bully fight. What what sort of narrative do you have? My narrative for this game is the the San Francisco game is the linchpin of the entire argument against the Green Bay Packers. If we if we Go out there in San Francisco and Santa Clara, and we lose twenty-four to twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. No one has any case for saying that we're anything but an excellent team, because you know they're the best, and they it was on their home field. They were kind of expected to win the game, but we looked like shit, and it kind of brought out all the doubters, and it, and it highlighted all the things about this team that you would doubt. You know, like, the defense can't really hold when it wants to. Aaron Rodgers isn't who he used to be. Like, they don't have any offensive weapons. Um, and all of It's th- like they found the Higgs boson, the particle. <laughs> yeah. Like, they've been running this test for fucking 30 years. And then finally they found it, and they're like, see, we told you. <laughs> we told you they were bad. <laughs> that was a very strange, unexpected metaphor, but yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, without that game being thirty-seven to eight, if it's twenty-four to twenty-eight, or if we win that game, there's no case against us. But that is the game that anyone can point to, and I have to sit there and say, "Yeah, we got our ass kicked," and yeah, that was like the toughest game. That was our biggest stage of the season. Do you think this team is a different team now than they were then? Absolutely. Like, not only personnel-wise, 
not only is Alex Light not coming in if you knock Brian Bulaga out of the game, it's big. not only is Tyler Irvin the one returning punts and, like, giving us an extra wrinkle in our offense, but, like, we're on a fucking six-game winning streak since that happened. Mm-hmm. No one says that. No one wants to talk about us being the hottest team in the NFL. Right. <laughs> like, whatever. I mean, this this game to me... What I think of when I think about this game is Aaron Rodgers in 2016 in the divisional round against Dallas getting final drive of the game, getting smacked up by an edge rusher that he did not see coming, getting to one knee, finding the ref, making eye contact, and hitting a tee, saying timeout. Because I think that game smacked this team up and totally changed how we thought we were going. But it's how we responded from that that needs to be the defining factor of our season. And I think how we responded is exactly what we needed to do. Win every single game after that. <laughs> like, but no, like, like we calmly kind of recollected ourselves, re-examined some things, tried to expand what we can do, and tried to tighten up on defense. And I think, like, it was that kind of moment of just getting the shit beat out of you, but saying like, okay, let's let's assess, let's be rational, let's move forward. And that's what Aaron did. And then he threw a fucking dime to Jared Cook, and that's what I'm hoping this fucking game is. Is that beautiful dime to Jaron Cook that sets us up for the game winner? Fuck yeah, I I can feel that. Uh, what what I think of in this game is Matt Lafleur and Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan is the senior quarterback at high school. He's big shit on campus. He's a fucking asshole, and Matt Lafleur is gonna be the next quarterback. He's a sophomore. He's on the team. He's the backup. But Kyle Shanahan hazed the shit out of him <laughs> one day. And Matt LaFleur has to just get back up. Fucking Kyle Shanahan is is a bully. And you and have fucking to Matt LaFleur's little brother is teamed up with the big bully because yeah, he thinks he's cooler. Exactly. That's that's why I didn't go big brother, because I don't think he is, but I think this is more a little bit more apropos. I don't uh-huh. think there's any blood relativity there. There's like, yeah, they're kind of on the same team, but how's that relationship really going? Well, it looks like Kyle Shanahan kicked the shit out of Matt LaFleur. Dude, this this team is a bully. Nick Bosa is a fucking bully. That D-line. That D-line is insane. DeForest Buckner is insane. DeFord is insane. Yeah. Eric Armstead is insane. Like, they just keep coming. Yeah. And they got bullies, dude. Jimmy Garoppolo is some sort of fucking cocky high school quarterback, dude. George got a lot of cocky high school quarterbacks on that team. Exactly, exactly. George Kittle is like the the athletic kid who's ugly but gets girls anyway because he's fucking talented. Yeah, yeah he's talented, but he comes from probably a weird kind of fucked up, overly masculine household. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah. Suck on that, Kittle. Yeah. 
Remember, George Kittle is the one who, like, jerks off with his dad or whatever. Or, like, watches porn with his dad. <laughs> Here, son, watch this. Thanks, dad. <laughs> I don't know. That's why I see it. Yeah. So this, this is just one where, like, yeah, you're going in against the fucking tough guy. You know that these guys are tough. And it's it's the bully. The bully usually kicks the shit out of people. But you know what? You're going to fucking go up and you're going to... St- just start swinging you gotta go you just gotta start punching it has been beat into our brains that we suck since that game and it has been beat into the 49ers brains since that game that they are good enough Mm -hmm. and that idea that they're good enough i think i think we're gonna see that fucking break them because I mean, maybe it was a giant piece of strategy by Lafleur to come out and just throw a giant egg on that game <laughs> to prepare us for this. I think set it in their mind that we're very beatable, and then we're gonna come back and beat the shit out of them. I think of all the teams that are that are in the in the dance right now, possibly the Titans, but more so us. We're the team that knows we need to keep getting better. Like, we feel like we need to get better. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Aaron Rodgers is like, I got to play better. You think Jimmy Garoppolo is like, fuck, I got to do better than 13-3, <laughs> and three, number one overall. Se-. Like, no. They have been crowned. All of their lot, like, they had, they had one Chargers game lost to the Falcons. They lost to the Ravens honorably. They lost to the Seahawks honorably. Mm. And then they got revenge on the Seahawks. The Ravens are out now. Like they're fucking. They're gonna dude, win. Dude. They think they're gonna walk yeah. into the end zone here. Well, like Jimmy Garoppolo will probably say, "Yeah, I have to get better." But you know that dude's like belly button high and poon, and he doesn't matter. About <laughs> like he doesn't really care. Still in that bubble. Yep. Gonna burst. And Kyle Shanahan, I, I actually like the sh- quote from Kyle Han- Shanahan about. Don't be that stupid. Don't be that stupid. But, like, you only say that because you think if you're not that stupid and you're just smart enough to try, right? that you'll win. Like, they are vulnerable. They are inflated right now. They, they, they have nothing to prove against us. It's, it, it, it's true, dude. Like, what message do you send? You have to send condemnation because you know the state that they're in is, like, we just walked all over the fucking Vikings. This is going to be easy, dude. This is going to be a walk into the Super Bowl. Yeah, you beat them by 17, but did you spot them three possessions like we did? Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck, man. We beat the Vikings worse than they did. We, If we play our game, we will beat them. Aaron Rodgers, after the San Francisco loss, walked up to Jimmy Garoppolo and says, we'll see you later on. That's a good way to turn the page right there. That has you fucking... Like, if you're Jimmy Garoppolo, you have to be like, whoa. Yeah. Like, what? That's a thing to say. Yep, yep. Like, especially since they are seeing them later on. Like, he said it, and now it's happening. Well, you remember before the game, he said, we're going to have to beat him here at one point. Dude, Aaron fucking gets it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. We we either beat him now or we beat him later. And, like, here we are. Yep. (laughs) So, like... We're ready for this. We're as ready as we're going to be. And if we go in there and we get beat because we're not as good as them, like, fuck it. We're not as good as them. We call it how we see it. That's it. Yeah. But if 
if we have a chance to beat them, we're going to do it. Right. Is this game, uh, is this season a failure if we go out there and lose 37 to 8? Well, don't be a... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if this if we lose 37 to 8, like the whole, everything that happened they since... They were right. Like... We're back in November all of a sudden, and it's like, none of that actually mattered. Yeah. No. If we lose 37 to 8, then it turns out we lose to math. And if the worst thing that happens is we lose to math and we beat everybody in the NFL other than math. Well, math in San Francisco. (laughs) Right. But they've got a whole lot of math going for them right now. But fuck it. We, we We don't care. We don't need math. We don't need statistics. We've got Aaron Rodgers getting really hot at the point where... All season, we've said all it takes is Aaron Rodgers to get really hot and then look the fuck out. And I don't know if you watched that last game, but Aaron Rodgers was really hot. The thing is, it was different. It was different. This was the first, this was the best game that Aaron played. That was there like one throw that was just like, wow, no one could make that. There was like three. No, I I don't think there were throws that it was like, wow, no one can do that. I mean, there's no throws that I would say nobody could make that, but there never have been. We like to say that, but like, they're always just throws that I'm like, it's a really good fucking throw. No, I, I think I get what Peter is saying, which is that like he had his throws were on point, but they weren't insane. They were just like over the shoulder at the right time. Yeah. Like that's yeah, yeah, which is fucking everything I've ever wanted this season because yeah. he's been missing those all season. I, dude, and if he hits those consistently, look the fuck out. It was the greatest work so far of late Aaron Rodgers of Aaron Rodgers late period. I think that was playing selfless football. That's I mean that's that was beautiful, beautiful. It was beautiful. Legend. Yeah. You drunk? Yeah, I suppose. You got a rant? Of course. Will happen. Happening happened. I talked about my song earlier. My song that played is my mantra. It was a song that is from the finale of Adventure Time. It's a tiny little fucking cartoon song just played on a ukulele by this little fucking lady. And it's basically a song about how dying is fine because after you die, like, it doesn't invalidate how you felt about before and how you felt about during and even after will happen happening happened and right now we're back to the point of will happen and just enjoy this shit right will happen things are gonna happen things are gonna be great we're gonna have fun live 
every second of it as important as it is. Because, like, the last two years, there was no will happen. We didn't get a chance to go to the playoffs. We didn't have this fucking scenario where anything can happen. Just soak the fuck in out of knowing that a chance is so cool. Anything can happen in this game. Analytics say there's not a chance in hell we're winning this game. I don't necessarily disagree with that. My heart disagrees with that. I want to win. I know we've got pieces in place that can get us there. It doesn't necessarily make sense. But, that's the beautiful thing about living in the will habit. It doesn't fucking matter. You can still enjoy it. You can still dream. You can still just love the fact that it could fucking happen. I know talking to you guys, they're very few moments in my entire life that was as cool as fucking winning the last Super Bowl with you. Hmm. And I spent so much energy and thought in the will happen of that. I love that will happen. And there's a lot of that will happen going on right now. Love it cherish it get all your fucking energy ready for the happening because the happening as it did with this game it comes fast and fucking furious and that's why I loved having this song as my mantra it really fucking calmed me down and let me focus all my energy on the happening while also appreciating that even if we lose, it was cool as shit that we were there, and when we're in the happen, I will still be able to look back at the will happen and just enjoy the fuck out of the fact that we had a chance. And I fucking love that we have a chance for this giant happening to happen. And even if it doesn't happen, it's fine. And there are going to be a lot of repeated syllables here that make you fucking dizzy. But if we get to the happen and we lost, it's fine. And if the happening doesn't go great, it's fine. Because here in the will happen, I enjoyed the fuck out of this season. I love this journey. I love this team. If we get to the happened and it turns out it didn't, when we reload next year for the will happen, it's going to be great. We've got a lot to look forward to. But love the process. Love the step you're in. Be fucking involved mentally in where you're at. Cherish it. Love it. Will happen happening and hopefully when I see you in the happened it's all good shit to talk about but if not 
you and I will always be back then. Will happen, happening, happen. Yeah, that's all. Wow, we got him just singing. It's good. Andrew, that was great. That was touching. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. It moved me through the last game, and I'm going to trust it to move me through the next game because I love it. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there with you. Uh, I'm really excited for this week. I'm trying to do everything I can to appreciate this week as well. I felt something yesterday as I was ready to move on to the 49ers because that's that's what's ahead. I I would love to take time to you know go back and appreciate this game when the season's over, the C- Seattle Seahawks game. But the more important one is definitely the one ahead of us. And in thinking and just looking into the Black Mountain for that, because, uh, you know, the Black Mountain, is he's not as good with his words. He's <laughs> the professor and the legend. That's and right. The word that I felt and that I want to breathe back into the Black Mountain this week is that most American of words... That word is fight. I was going to say opportunity, but you're definitely right. Yeah. It is fight. (laughs) F-I-G-H-T. Fight. If we play last week's game, I think we will play honorably. But there's a good chance that we could still lose. That this this team this week needs to go out every inch. I mean, you watch the the game with us and the Seahawks. You watch the game with the 49ers and the Seahawks. It is going to come down to inches. It is going to come down to a physical football game. It's going to come down to the offensive line and the defensive line for both teams. And it's going to come down to the running game. And it's going to come down to crunch time. That's just... I think how it's going to go. I fraudulent thirteen and three. I've never been so confident. I think and stable that our team will at least perform. The last time we didn't was against this team, and so we know that it's going to take that extra inch, and it's going to be we have to fight for it. Guys like Darnell Savage, I think that was a good lesson for him. He was ready to fight, and then he backed off. <laughs> He's got to know how to fight. Jair Alexander knows how to fight. He knows how to walk that line. He knows how to push buttons and be physical to the point where it's almost over the line, but he knows how to walk that line. Darnell Savage, guys like him, he's going to have to figure that out quick. Fuck yeah. It's going to be... It is going to be... It's going to be... an. It, and that goes for everybody. You have to fight, but not only fight, but you have to fight well. And you have to fight for good. You know, if your fighting is just staying silent and being above all the 49ers fans, then you do that. You fight that fight and you fight it well. If your fight is calling people out on their misogynist bullshit, then you fight and you stay with your head above water and you do it well. Indeed. Well said. 
You cannot flinch. You can't get dragged in the mud and start throwing low blows. You have nope. to fight with fucking honor. <laughs> Motherfucking honor. <laughs> Dignity. And none of that none of that Bush League Devontae Adams uh chest bumping. No, no, no. Like we saw last week. Right. Last yeah, you you week. learned that lesson. You had to learn that lesson. Like, hey, bravado alone is not gonna get this shit done. It's gonna be it's putting a quality punch out there. A quality legal punch. And you know what? What you need to fight? You need friends. You need people that got your back. And when they get your back, you have to get their back back. Fucking righteous. You gotta fight this bully. This is a bully fight. Yeah, take him down. What have the 49ers done to deserve this? Nothing. Why have the Why are the 49ers like about to waltz to the Super Bowl through our fucking tattered carcass? They have not earned it more than us, even in the slightest. I don't give a fuck what analytic you look at. Kyle Shanahan comes from bloodline. Fuck a bloodline. John Lynch. Fuck John Lynch. Football royalty. The Green Bay Packers. The, the linchpin of the entire narrative of the season was the 49ers game, and this is the this is the coda to that to that fucking first failure. And we have to just see what we've actually learned in this journey back from that fucking ass kicking. This Packers team has. They've just won games this year, man. They've won 14 games this year. And we have a chance to go out and win two more. And if you had a regular season and you saw on your schedule 49ers, Chiefs, Titans, all in a row, you'd be like, well, we got to take two out of three there. (laughs) Right? Like, this is is not Ravens, Saints, Patriots gauntlet type shits like this is not that i said it in week like four this is a weak league and that's kind of bearing out right now the 49ers are the biggest challenger we have left and on one hand the 49ers are really fucking good but on the other hand like they're the fucking 49ers we can handle them the 49ers are not entitled they're not entitled to anything and they haven't learned that yet. Shanahan, you said, is is the bloodline. Lynch is the royalty. Like, they just won Super Bowls. Like, how many Super Bowls did Denver lose with, with Mike Shanahan? How many Super Bowls did John Lynch lose? Like, they haven't earned it. And they're used to not having to earn it. But guess what? We've been fucking working. And yes, this is a new coach. Yes, it is a new, like, mostly new team. But there is still blood in this team that got smacked up in 16, that got smacked up in 14 and 15. And fucking carried on. And we know that just because... Just because you feel it coming doesn't mean it's going to come. And just because you're 
you have the best story doesn't mean you get to win. Just because it makes sense, just because it seems to fit, just because it seems to all be aligning doesn't mean that it's going to align. 2003 taught me that. Sometimes this game is unfair. So that's my formula for this week. Be unfair. I want I want 49ers fans to feel this. I want them to like have to reckon with what happens on Sunday. I want them to understand that you do not get to walk to the Super Bowl. That that shit takes fucking work. Your rookie draft pick will not lead you there. Your fucking quarterback starting his second playoff game will not lead you there. Your team that has not earned it. But ha- but has this lofty position nonetheless. 49ers aren't anyone's underdog. Before 49ers advance, they'll be favored. I mean, depending on what Patrick Mahomes does. If Patrick Mahomes puts up another 50, maybe not. But either way, they're going to be feeling pretty fucking good. They're on, they got on top of this league somehow. And I want to be the team that brings them back down the same way with Seattle. I wanted to end their fun. We did. They tried to come back and we pooped that party. Pooped all over that party. Mm. And so San Francisco gets the privilege of hosting at home the NFC Championship game uh, to a team that they they beat the crap out of earlier in the season. And they have a good head coach. They have a good head coach. And he knows how to approach this week. He knows what to say. Says the right thing. I don't care. At the end of the day, this is Rogers versus Garoppolo, is it not? It is. I, I like my chances there. Mm-hmm. Where are we weak? We have one of the we have the better offensive line. I will assert that. I don't want to tell anybody, and that's kind of why I'm glad that nobody listens to this podcast. Because, <laughs> like, we have the better we have the better offensive line, and our defensive line can cause a lot of havoc too. I am looking forward to putting it all together in the very place where it all fell apart. And the 49ers fans, they don't understand it. They don't understand the narrative. All they understand is the analytics. They understand they're favored. They understand that they beat us, and they understand that if everything goes according to plan, they have the good plan and the good coach and the good quarterback and the good offensive line, the good defensive line, and everything should work. And I want them to be fucking confused. I want the whole league to be confused. I want it to be the Packers to be the most fraudulent Super Bowl entrant ever. I want it to be unfair, and I want it to not make sense. And I want to know exactly how it's going to go down the whole time. Because I fucking feel it in my heart. And sometimes, that feeling cannot be quantified. (laughs) That's it for the Packer Force Podcast. I don't have anything more to say. Do you guys have anything more to say? Nope. Go. Go Pack go. Pack go. Thank you.
close it down. Hanging out with us for this whole ride. I'm your host, the professor, joined by my brothers, the Black Mountain and the Legend. Pack a force out.